You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Uh, we get to talk uh, about another great book today. Yes, we do. And we actually have the author in studio, which is I kind know. of fun to get to be face-to-face in person with the author and a voice that you'll recognize here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood, Director of Witness and Outreach, Revitalization, um, and about 12 other things in the LCMS <laughs> Office of National Mission. Dr. Wood, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be with you as always. You have a new book called Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life from Concordia Publishing House. Um, man, they went to the right guy to write a book on witnessing, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I don't. I hope so. Uh, that, they're pretty smart people, so I'm, I'm going to take that as an endorsement from CPH. So, so, so let's talk about witnessing. Um, it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk about witnessing together. What can you clarify or maybe define some terms for us that you use in your book? Evangelist is one of the terms that comes up, I think, in the introduction, and and witness, obviously. Uh, can you define those terms for us? Sure. Uh, well, anytime we talk about evangelism, uh, people run scared. Uh, <laughs> it's the e word, and uh, what I what I hope to do in this book was to alleviate that anxiety that people have over evangelism because the word actually means. Good news, you know, and it's good news for us to share with people, and it's good news that God has entrusted us with this awesome task of, of going out and sharing good news with people. Mm-hmm. So let's just uh, keep evangelism what it is, good news. It should never be bad news for us to be sharing the good news, you know. Uh, and yet, you know, I understand that some people have had experiences, and there are other approaches to evangelism that are very law-based, and it becomes a burden. And uh, I just kind of hope to alleviate that in this in this book. And uh, I focus on the word witnessing over evangelism because, uh, first of all, it's not the E word, uh, <laughs> but it really describes what we're doing. We're we're telling people what we know to be true. That's what witness does. You know, it's that simple. You know, we know the story of Jesus. We know it's true. We know it's true for us. We know it's true for them. Uh, they may not agree. They may not, re- you know, understand it. Maybe they never heard it. Maybe they reject it. But it's still true. So we just tell them what we know to be true. So who is called to be a witness? Is this an everything, everybody thing, or is this specific people? Can we opt in or out? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess in your gospel freedom, you can opt in or out, uh, and uh, Jesus will still love you. Uh, though you'll make him sad if you opt out. Oh, no. so, uh, this no, is not no, in the book, right? No, that's not in the book. <laughs> okay. no. uh, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, uh, you will be my witnesses. And that's not a question. That, that's a statement. You mm-hmm. will be my witnesses. And by virtue of being baptized into Christ, we've become his witnesses. Mm-hmm. So, no, we don't opt out. Uh, some of us are more effective, more active, more excited, more joyful than others about witnessing, but we're all witnesses. And the question then becomes, well, what kind of witness am I? And how do I witness? And and that's what the book really gets into is the how do I witness? Uh, some practical advice uh, to make it so that you're not so apprehensive about it, so reluctant about it. What kind of witness am I? Is there like some sort of instrument or something that I use to determine what kind of witness I am? I guess not. The no. witness-o-meter. Uh, uh, <laughs> <Goodness>. So. <laughs> 
So you said then that leads to the the question of what kind of witness am I, and and I think it also leads to the question of why why mm-hmm. always I don't know, after reading a few books on that why <laughs> uh, um, why should I witness? Yeah, I was thinking actually I was thinking about it. I was driving into the International Center today, and and, and what keeps people from witnessing, and uh, I think it really becomes down to not believing. Um, it's not. I'm not saying not having saving faith. What I'm saying is not believing that God really cares about people who are perishing, uh, not believing that people are actually perishing around me, uh, not believing that I can make a difference by sharing God's word with people. And so there's uh, there's that reluctance on our part, which is really unfounded, because faith would help us understand that people are perishing around us, and it is God's desire that all people be saved, and God has called us to be his instruments to go into the world and share this good news, and it's an invitation to share in in the work that's closest to God's heart and find joy in doing that, just as Jesus did. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we, we think of witnessing as this like big this big thing where we have to find this time to do it and it's this big production and that can be very scary but is that actually what we're talking about when we're talking about witnessing to people no it, it and i use an analogy in the book uh of planting watering and starts with plowing you know and it, this whole agricultural analogy i think since jesus used agricultural <laughs> parables like it's safe to use an agricultural <laughs> analogy but the the thought is here is like just because you're the one planting doesn't mean you're one you're gonna be harvesting mm-hmm. uh somebody else may have had to break that hard ground and plowed it before you could even plant that seed think of think of witnessing as something we do collectively it's the church together each of us doing our part and you may do what you may consider a very small thing that doesn't have much of an impact from what you observe but somewhere down the road, another Christian's come along and and has seen that blossom and and nurtures it. And another Christian comes along later and sees the person come to faith, the, the harvest. So uh, we have this little tiny limited perspective, and sometimes we think, oh, I, I got to do it all with within my little window of opportunity. And that's not at all how the Holy Spirit works. You know, some people plant, some people water. Other people get to see the growth. So the idea that I do it all is one misconception we might have about witnessing. Are there other misconceptions that uh, you've come across, or maybe some that you've even held yourself um, that uh, that you'd like to chat about? Of course. Uh, my whole experience in evangelism started out on a bad foot, you know, and I came back to the church as a young man, and I was looking for resources and got caught up in what I now call law-based evangelism, where the burden was put on me. You know, I have family members who don't believe in Jesus, they're going to hell, and I gotta make sure they don't go to hell. And if they do go to hell, well, that's on me. You know, and the, the burden of that is overwhelming. And it often drives people to, well, to be ineffective witnesses because the law is driving them, and then they use the law to try to get people to do stuff, and you know, it creates all sorts of barriers and problems. So it, it was, rediscovering that it's grace that's the motive that we have for witnessing to others. Uh, I like the analogy of um, I'm a hungry beggar, and I and I come along and I find this fantastic feast, and the host of the feast says, come in and feast. 
And I get to go back out now and tell all the other hungry beggars that I know, hey, there's this wonderful feast and the host is inviting you. Come with me to the feast. And, and who wouldn't want to do that when you see your, you know, the people you know in your life who are starving and you know where the food is? Well, the same is true spiritually. People are starving to death, literally, spiritually starving to death, and we know where the feast is, and we want to bring them to the feast. We've mentioned, uh, you know, that that it can be hard to um, to have this feeling like it's all on us, um, and and you've you've talked us through that already. How does uh, our beliefs about the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does, how does that uh, how does that work in witnessing, and how does that also give us comfort as we're going out to talk to people? Well, in the Everyone is Witness evangelism program that preceded this book, and and the book in a lot of ways is sort of a Sequel? I don't know. Is that, is that <laughs> sequel to everyone? I, I've summed that up by saying, look, you know, we're trying to equip Lutherans to be third article witnesses, uh, sharing the second article story using our first article gifts. And what I mean by third article witnesses is that we have our role to play. We, we plant the seeds, we water seeds, but God gives the growth, you know, playing off of the wording of 1 Corinthians 3. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a relief it is to know that I'm just planting watering. You know, I'm just doing what I'm called to do. It's the Holy Spirit who's got to do the heavy lifting here. You know, uh, the, it's the Holy Spirit who works faith when and where He wills, and those who hear the gospel. I'm just a guy or gal who comes along and shares the gospel, and then step back and say, "Okay, Holy Spirit." You know, and and then, um, but we look for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does, and and not try to take over His job, and. And that's a relief, and that's a comfort, and and I think there's a lot of joy in that when you finally, if you're privileged enough to see someone come to faith in Jesus, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit really working in their lives, it, there's no other, there's no words to describe it. I mean, there's no other experience that is as encouraging and uplifting as seeing the Holy Spirit bring someone from unbelief to faith in Jesus. And to know that that is the, the work of the Holy Spirit, as you said, is is so comforting. It, that's so much more of a focus on on grace, on the gospel of what God is doing, rather than on me mm-hmm. and whether or not I got it right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about me and whether I got it right or wrong, or if I quote saved this person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, let's not even go down that road for now. Uh, <laughs> Because we're going we're gonna to take a short break. When we come back from that break, um, maybe take a look at a couple of examples from your book uh, that that uh, that we might dig into just a little bit when we come back. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Dum 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 dum. 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood. He's Director of Witness and Outreach and Revitalization for the LCMS Office of National Mission and author of Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. You might remember um, from, uh, I think, in the last couple of years, sharing about everyone as witness and, and talking with Dr. Wood about that and uh, this Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. I like to think of it, as I was reading it, I saw it as kind of, you called it a sequel. I I, I saw it maybe as like a, a a more concise version of of what I learned in Everyone Is Witness in I don't know in one book as opposed to like a, a series or a weekend or you know a, a series of classes as well. I, I I there were a lot of things in there that I I think were very that I saw in here read in this that were very affirming of what I learned in that. So can you give us some examples of? Uh, what we might learn in this book that would help us be everyday witnesses? Well, really, the, the best example can be to, to just see witnessing as engaging people in a conversation, uh, people that are already woven into your life. I think that's the fundamental difference between witnessing as we talk about it and everyone is witness and in, in this book. It's not going out and, and seeking out strangers to, you know, convinced to believe in Jesus. Um, you know, I, I did my share of door knocking as as a pastor and as a lay person, uh, and I just found that engaging strangers was always uncomfortable for us and the strangers and t- tend to be pretty ineffective. Uh, and stepping back from it and just saying, well, if, if God has put me into the lives of various people uh, and they don't believe in Jesus, why has he put me in their lives? Let me let me connect the dots here. <laughs> I'm his witness. These people don't know about Jesus. And all of us have people in our lives who don't know the gospel of Christ. And, it, you know, in your vocational life, whether you're talking about, you know, in your being a neighbor or being a coworker or being a family member, most of us have family members who are not churched. You know, there's already plenty of people connected to you in your everyday life that uh, haven't heard the gospel or or haven't heard it clearly. And so we don't have to go tracking down strangers. And, you know, we have the opportunity to speak to strangers by all means. But uh, the biggest, I think, piece of advice I could give people is just look around. Look around at the people God's already put into your life or he brings into your life and uh, think about those people because God has put them into your life for a reason. And he's put you into their lives for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're we're relational people, right? We live right. in relation with other people, and you bring up the doctrine of vocation, which is you know we we live in these in these spaces with all of these other people. So there's probably opportunities right in those spaces, rather than you know giving yourself anxiety about going to talk to someone <laughs> right. at the grocery store. <laughs> sure, or uh, going out and forcing a friendship just so you could try to witness to somebody. Right. That, those kind of things. Uh, I think the as a as a young man and returning to the church and very excited about being back in God's grace, there was a statement that someone made once that really stung, and it, it, it stuck with me. If somebody I worked with who said to me one day, well, "I didn't know you were a Christian," hmm. I went, "Oh, <laughs> I, you know, you didn't know I'm a Christian. How could that be? You know, how many how many people in your life could say the same thing about you?" 
that you haven't been an active witness of Christ, you haven't looked for a way to share the gospel with people, um, they, they would be shocked, surprised if, you, if they found out you're a Christian. So, Yeah. Maybe analyze your social media presence. <laughs> so what what happens uh, if you say the wrong thing? Well, you and the other person are going to go straight to hell. Uh, that's that's it. It's over. Soundbite that right there. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, this is. You know, sometimes I think the only only thing you can say wrong is nothing. <laughs> right. All right. So. Some of us aren't really well versed in God's word. Uh, we might we feel like can't get, can't get it right. Um, well, going back to your earlier question, hey, look what the Holy Spirit does. Mm-hmm. You know, He takes my fumbling, you know, my misquoting of Scripture. Um, you know, and 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 He still works through that. That my imperfect witness, and nobody has a perfect witness. My imperfect witness is something that He takes hold of, and uses it to his end. So uh, if you get into systematic theology, there's a thing called the unity of the word, blah, blah, blah. But it's our confidence that God's word goes out and accomplishes what he purposes, even when we kind of mess it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really, the only wrong thing to say is nothing. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Exactly. (laughs) So here's another what if. What if I try to witness to a friend, to a family member, and it changes our relationship for the worse? Then they they don't want to talk to me. They start avoiding me. They uh, they I, they're afraid of me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's no question, especially in today's environment, that um, being a Christian can cause stress in relationships. Um, I think what we have to do is weigh things. First of all, uh, be patient in those relationships. Spend a lot of time listening and asking, uh, understanding where the other person's coming from. Uh, if we go into witnessing like a bull in a china shop, it's like, this is what I have to say and I'm going to say it. We're going to alienate people and it's going to create a lot of stress in our relationships. But if we're willing to listen and ask and uh, care, show our care and compassion for people, um, we're less likely to end up in a situation where the relationship is strained. Still, even even with our best efforts, it can happen. And there we just have to look at it in perspective. It's Is it better that I took the risk to share God's word with this person, than to, and even though the relationship may be strained or ruined, than to keep my mouth shut and just let this person go on in life without ever hearing God's word. And so take the long view of things, uh, both in your patience in witnessing, but also in the results of your witnessing. Uh, Some of those relationships may come all the way back full circle and somebody may come back to you and thank you. Thank you for being bold enough to share God's word with me. You know, I told you I hated your guts when you did it and I (laughs) haven't talked to you for 20 years, but now I see uh, now I see what you were doing, and I, you know now I now I've received the benefit of that. So thank you for taking that risk. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean we believe that the word of God is efficacious, and it it does what it says it will do. And right. prayer, we believe in the power of prayer too. So praying for these people and praying for that relationship too, if if right. it does uh, harm a relationship, uh, mm-hmm. bringing that before God in prayer is, I mean, because He can work those things in our lives. Right. 
And and don't be afraid too to 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 back off, you know, and to say, oh, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. You know, hey, we're we're friends. You know, we. I wouldn't say agree to disagree, uh, because I I hate that phrase because it's like you know we're going to disagree. We're not agreeing to disagree. This is too important to just agree to disagree. But I'm not going to be in your face about it. I'm still your friend. I'll still listen to you. I'll still ask. We'll still carry on. We'll still talk about you know. Uh, the Cubs, or or not, or not. No, <laughs> no. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll. That's we'll, what will make them turn away from you. <laughs> All right, now our relationship's really strained. Great. So, so it, the 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 what ifs? What if I say the wrong thing? What if this changes our relationship? What if they think I'm weird? All of those what ifs. What do we do with those what ifs? What, where do we put? What do we do with them? Well, I, I can tell you what we don't do with them. We, we don't let them uh, cause us worry and anxiety. You know, uh, yeah, those things could happen. But but what if I share the word of God with this person and and they become a Christian? You know, what what if they thank me for it? What what if they find joy in Jesus because I witnessed it? What if they're already Christian and I didn't even know it, <laughs> and now we have a friendship on a whole new level, mm-hmm. and and we're able to encourage each other. Uh, so you could go either way with the what ifs, but um, if you know if if there's always a big word in our lives, and yet God knows the ifs, He knows the answers to all those things, and we can just trust the Lord that He's called me to be a witness. It, he He hasn't laid this on me as a burden. He's invited me to share in His joy. So uh, wherever these things go, ultimately it ends in the joy, yeah, even if it's. You know, even if it does result in somebody coming to faith, it's the joy of hearing your Savior say on that last day, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, come join in my Father's joy. And that joy is where he sits on his throne with thousands upon thousands and ten thousands upon ten thousands uh, of people who have heard the word of God and believed and rejoiced, and you get counted among them. And who knows? Maybe some of the people you witness to, whether you knew it or not in your earthly life, will be there too singing his praises. Who did you have in mind when you were writing this book, or or how do you envision uh, them using this book? Well, the, I tried to think of um, somebody who just isn't, you know, deeply theologically trained and uh, wants, to, wants to share Jesus with people but doesn't feel confident in doing it. Um, I really had envisioned a different book, <laughs> one that was much more theological, you know, and, and heady. And uh, my wife, Mary Ellen, really, uh, she's like my first level editor. And she said, this is too complicated. This is, you know, think of the average person reading this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not saying she's saying dumb it down. She goes, talk like a normal person. <laughs> You know, your sentences looks like St. Paul wrote this sentence. You know, it goes on like for three no paragraphs. <laughs> you know, make it, you know, break it down, make it simple. And and so that was the goal is to bring it to anybody and everybody who's just looking for some help being the witness they're called to be uh, without getting into all the, the deep theology. Um, and in looking for a resource that's very practical. It's not just a bunch of information about witnessing. It's here's how you can go do it. And So where can we find Connected to Christ? 
So the yeah the the book is actually part of a series called Connected to Christ, and yeah. this one is witnessing everyday lives. There's there's two other books in the series, and I think CPH is planning on producing more. But you can uh, you can find the book on uh, cph.org, the the website from Concordia Publishing House, and order it directly from the publisher. It's also on Amazon. Uh, I saw they have a Kindle version of it. So if you're a an e if you're an e reader, it's there too. So it's a short read. It's only 112 pages. So uh, uh, and I'm I'm curious to see how people receive it and uh, and hope it uh, bears fruit in people's lives so that many people get to hear about Jesus from his faithful witnesses. Outstanding. I, I was thinking he was just going to pull out a copy and hand it to us today. <laughs> Where can you get a copy of it connected to Christ? Uh, you're not just walking around handing them out to everybody. Actually, I, I have not actually physically touched the book yet, so uh, <laughs> so I'm, I can't can't give you a copy. So. <laughs> well, that's one of the the fun things about uh, getting to do these stories and these interviews is that we sometimes get a sneak peek copy uh, and, and you get to not an actual physical copy, but get an e-copy and get to to peruse it to get to share these wonderful stories. Well, it, it, I think um, this is a nice follow up to Everyone Has Witness. If you if you haven't participated in Everyone Has Witness workshop, if you haven't uh, gotten the kit and worked through that in your congregation, that's a, a really great resource as well. I think this is a nice follow up. Um, to, to that as well, or maybe even a, a predecessor, like to yeah. to read it before you go through the everyone is work, everyone I, I, is witness workshop. I kind of hope that's the case. That this turns out to be a prequel that people uh, people read the book and say, "I want to learn more," mm-hmm. uh, and they then they make use of the everyone is witness resource, which they can also buy at cph.org uh, for their congregations or small groups. But we recently posted a, a self study version of it hmm. on our website. Um, so on our Facebook page too. So if you if you go to the Facebook page, uh, LCMS E one H W, or just search on Everyone Is Witness, uh, you'll find our Facebook page and there's information about the self study version. Very good, very good. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Mark Wood, Director of Witness and Outreach and Revitalization for the LCMS Office of National Mission, author of Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life from Concordia Publishing House. Dr. Wood, thanks so much for being our guest. Uh, anytime. I'll be glad to come back. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.